Hello, beautiful tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Uvita. Thousands of years ago, before modern medicine proved scientific evidence for mind and body connection, the sages of India developed Ayurveda, which continues to be one of the most sophisticated, powerful mind and body health systems up to date. And I can begin to tell you, tribe, that it's about putting the power back in your hands. And the company that's helping you do that is Uvita. I've been on Uvita for a couple months now so that I can have a healthy gut and be able to clear my gut and be able to have the best digestive system that I can have. Because healing your gut allows the body to build a stronger immune system and produce the right kind of bacteria that tells your brain that it's okay to feel good. And as, as everyone knows, I'm the shaman who likes to stay lit and make sure the tribe is lit all day long. And so it's important for us to feel good in our bodies. And it's important for us to live a very healthy life. Ayurveda is a company that is doing that. They are utilizing the knowledge and understanding of Ayurveda in their company, wild harvested and organically grown herbs that they synergistically create in an Ayurvedic way to be able to give you what you need for your body to sustain health, wellness, and vitality. Everything that they have in their company is based in integrity, ethically sourced from natives who practice sustainability. And I can't begin to tell you how happy I am to share this with you and to have them be one of the sponsors for Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Their products offer everything from immunity to healthy joints and to healthy mood and healthy digestion and a healthy body. What more can you ask for from a company that is bringing Ayurvedic understanding to the Western world in a way that is supporting us and lifting us and shifting us into the greater possibilities of who we are? So I welcome you to experience Uvita. You can even contact them by going to their website, which is www.uvita.com. And you make your first order, type in the word shaman, which is their code for the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast tribe. And you will get 35% off on your order for your first order of Uvita. But I'm telling you, the moment you start taking this product, you're going to see dramatic change in your body and the way you feel. And that is the best. And as the tribe knows, I'm all about putting the power back in your hands. So go ahead and check out Uvita and use my code SHAMAN. And until then, live healthy always and every day in your life. Love you. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a sixth-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I love you. I adore you. I see you. And I really want you to know that there's no one like you. That's why creation source doesn't create duplicates of anything. Even if you go through nature and you look at every single tree and every single flower and every creature and everything, there's something unique about each one. Even if it looks the same, it's not the same. And this even goes for twins as well. Because a lot of times twins think they're completely the same. Well, they may be identical in the way they look as far as their features are concerned. But when it comes to the inner being and the emotions and the way things are perceived through them, it's very different. So we have 
to celebrate this difference. We have to celebrate the diversity of life and all of its beautiful colors and this kaleidoscope of energy that we call being a spirit of many forms, right? And that means being a spirit of many forms from many colors, from many cultures, and from many ways of observing creation, God, and source. So I love you for being exactly the way you are because it's beautiful and wonderful and delightful and awe-inspiring. So I'm so excited um, that you are here today with Ancient Wisdom Today podcast and really excited um, because we are making moves and keeping ourselves in grooves and lifting and shifting people daily just by being a part of this tribe, right? We are the Liddy Committee. We are the Lit Tribe. We are riding the Lit Train, Lit Rocking all day long, sharing our love, our unconditional love energy, and holding the highest vision for humanity to thrive and continue to thrive while creating a sustainable well source of living on planet Earth for all life forms and all creatures and all sentient beings. And so this is a really important time to be alive because this transitional period, which people may call the upheaval, which I've called the blackout, which is a really opportune time for us to be able to access the situations that are happening in the world, not from a place of fear or from a place of, uh, of uncomfortableness or from a place of, I can't believe this is happening, or how come people haven't woken up and how people are operating the way they are in our governments and our social political issues and all of these things that we see happening on our social levels, both within our homes, within ourselves and within the world in general. But this is an opportunity to really observe life and really observe how the dreamers of life have been dreaming and how do we create Create, or how do we reinstate a different dream that is possible for humanity? A dream that allows people to see possibility in every aspect of life. You see, everything in life is about storytelling. And I know you've heard me say this before to the tribe, but it's very true. Everything that you believe or that you're connected to or that you've been exposed to has come from someone's story. Could be your parents' story about their beliefs about the world. Because remember, beliefs are no more than a story that you continue to buy into and accept as a part of the reality. Because look, in tribal culture, when the elders would tell stories to the young ones, the young ones took those stories and grew from those stories and would make choices of how they perceive the world through those stories. And they would also learn from those stories as well. And and take those stories and share them from generations come. So when we are operating in a field of awareness, we have to realize that our awareness is multiple stories combined that have given us the understanding of what we allow ourselves to do, what we don't allow ourselves to do, and what we can perceive that is possible to do and to achieve. And so when we get into the storytelling aspect, we have to ask ourselves, what type of stories have you been told? And were those stories that, that led to triumph and victory and success and, 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 you know, and maintaining and sustaining life source in your body, uh, maintaining prosperity flow? Or were those stories riddled with fear and guilt and shame and, you know, and hard work and, you know, dealing with um, emotional traumas and abuse and, you know, uh, just things that are just not 
in what I would call the pleasant field of standing, right? The pleasant field of standing. So the pleasant field of standing is that place where comfort exists, right? Comfort exists in that pleasant moment. The pleasant moment means like, yeah, everything feels good right now. There's no disruptions. There's no chaos. There's no one trying to pull my attention away from me because they're getting into arguments or fighting or there's any kind of abuse happening. It is literally putting you into a condition awareness that the pleasant aspects of life do exist. And that gives you a greater understanding of how to seek inner peace because you begin to move yourself through those patterns of being pleasant, right? So when you're in that pleasant field of standing, that means that everything in your life and around you is not causing disruption, which gives you a time to really just sink into that very deep, ah, and allow yourself to just take notice of things from a more open perspective. Now, the way the matrix works is the matrix job is to make sure that there isn't no pleasant field of standing. In fact, it wants to create so many generated aspects, both from you and from what it's sending you through media, television, movies, television shows, you know, through propaganda, through politics, through billboards, any way that it can create what we call a distraction so um, and cause a reaction from that distraction, it pulls you out of your pleasant field of standing, which means that there's something affecting you. There's some discord. There's something being pushed at you, agitated towards you in some way that your being sees as an aggressive marker. Now, you would think, wow, really? Am I, am I having an aggressive marker if I'm going to the movies to watch a scary movie? Absolutely you are. Because your subconscious mind doesn't know if it's real or not real. It's your conscious mind that has been fed so many stories about what is reality and what isn't reality. So you're not open to all of the many other realities that exist because you've been only told a story of one. And this is how you get people to be put into a box. And this is how you get people to be very set in a certain way of thinking without looking outside and crossing those um, artificial boundaries and going beyond the veil of illusion, going beyond disillusionment and beyond to the unknown and seeking for yourself information outside of that which you have been told a story to stay within. And this is how we move through evolution. Those who are willing to take the step beyond that which is comfortable actually are evolving. Those who choose to stay in that comfortable place then stay in that perception and stay in that behavior. They're not evolving. See, evolution is based on the idea that change is always occurring for the greater, meaning change is happening and change is existing for the purpose of growth so that one can go beyond that which they know and, and continue to expand outward and inward at the same time. A lot of people go like, what do you mean expand outward and inward? Well, it's very simple. The more you're open to the changes that are happening in your environment means that you're also opening to the changes happening within you and vice versa. So the more you're aware of the changes happening within you, then you're more aware of the changes happening outside of you. So it's really an outward, inward, or inward, outward experience of evolution. And that's why it's so important for us to be non-judgmental and to be open to thinking about things in a much more gathered way. And when I say gathered way, it means like literally gathering information and then discerning that which is most necessary for your growth and your expansion. So if you have belief systems that you say things like, I would never do that and I would never do that. The first thing you want to ask yourself is one, why? 
And then two, is it because there is some story that was told to you that by doing that thing, it makes you bad or that you wouldn't get love or that you wouldn't be valued and you wouldn't be seen and you wouldn't be appreciated and you wouldn't be needed or wanted. You know, those stories have enough to block the very life force in your being. They have the ability to literally disseminate aspects of creation within you that has already implored certain abilities and certain perspectives for you to go into so that you can nurture them and become this glorious lit lover of life, right? So that you get to shine your light and radiate your light and illuminate your light as bright as you want to without the fear that someone is uncomfortable with your light because you begin to shine, 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 right? Which is truly fine, fine, fine. And there should never be anyone uncomfortable with your shine. And if they are, it's because they're uncomfortable with their own. So I always say, you know, shine brighter, make people uncomfortable because you're actually helping them become greater people because what they're uncomfortable about has nothing to do with you, nor as it never has anything to do with you. Every situation that ever happens to us individually or collectively is something that we're all creating from within, right? And that's the dream, right? It's how are we dreaming life and the stories that we're telling? Are we still, are we telling stories to the world, to our friends, to our children, to ourselves that are making us? us champions, that we are victorious champions. We are operating in the field of intelligence. And we're not champions because we had to fight or we had to, or we're not victorious because we had to fight our way through something and that we had to overcome something. No, we are champions because we choose to hold the light even when there is density and darkness opposing it because of its fear of its truth. Right. So when we realize that darkness and anything opposing the light of unconditional love is only doing so because it's afraid of its truest nature, which is unconditional love. And so the more we begin to project that into our beings, out through our beings, from in our beings and out from our beings, we are literally creating a cosmology of energy that is changing the very dynamic structure of what we experience here on earth and the way the stories are being told to other people. So if you tell a story to someone about the possibility for them to become prosperous and abundant and how easy it is and how there's and how it is and really in, inspiring understandings of power and empowerment and love and appreciation and joy and play in the aspect of creating prosperity and wealth then you will have told a story and planted seeds inside of them that story then gets passed down to whoever they choose to tell that story to but in order for them to be able to do that they have to believe in the story and they the only way they can believe in the story is that if they have respect for you, have a relationship with you, and have a connection to you. And this creates the beautiful energy that we see today on the planet that allows us to step into an awareness of the possibility of things, right? So when, Mark, when Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream, he wasn't just speaking about his own dream. He was speaking about the dream of dreams, which is inside of you, waiting for you to add to the dream, I had a dream. His dream was for all of us to be able to have equality quality, to live amongst each other, play amongst each other, eat amongst each other, and come from a place of unconditional love and acknowledgement of our brothers and sisters, which of course, a lot of us have experienced and are experiencing, and in some cases are not. Ask yourself this simple question. What type of friends do you have? Do you have a selected assortment of friends from all different cultures and walks of life? Or do you have friends that are mostly like you? The question is, you got to expand your social stitch. Literally, that means that 
the way you evolve is not by just surrounding yourself with people who are like you. The way that you evolved is by surrounding yourself with people who are not like you. Because when you are dealing with people who are not like you, you're able to get new stories into your tribe, into your circle, into your consciousness, which basically helps wherever you are to expand to other levels of thought, reality, and, and understanding. So one of the reasons why I love to, to travel, like right now, I'm in Turkey, I'm in Bodrum with my beautiful girlfriend, who I love with all my heart and soul and my family. And the cool thing is my sister, for instance, who's never been to Europe, this is her first time because she's usually doing things and she has a family and she's always traveling to places close to America. And I said, this time, let's take you with us to Europe. The interesting thing is listening to her speak and observe the differences in culture and the way in which they see and perceive things and the way that they say things that are different from how she thinks people should say things as according to her life in America. And it's watching her go like, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand that. Why is some white why do people do that? Why are they acting like that? Da, 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 da. And then, but it's for me, it's not saying that she's judging it. It's like she's having an awakening, an epiphany of new ideas and new information coming in to tell her a story. This gives her expansion and allows her to evolve in greater ways. It also allows her to reach into a deeper place within herself so that she's able to move beyond any limitations that she's been proposed by other stories that have been given to her while being a part of America. So that way it opens her up to be able to go, oh, this is what Muslim culture is, or oh, this is why women cover themselves, or oh, this is what's going on. So this really helps people. So then we go into the space of, you know, observing different cultures and experiencing different people's beliefs and so forth, it's not for something for us to defend or to fight or to get angry about because it doesn't match our own. It's something to go, ah, or hmm, or I never knew that, or that's new information for me to take in, and I'm open to these new experiences. That's why I have, I'm a type of person which if people know me very well, I'm the type of person, I do not have boundaries when it comes to me experiencing things. I have experienced so many different things, even down to my sexuality or the way I experience pleasure in my body or the way that I feel touch or connection. You know, I always push myself beyond the comfort place. Even in the way that I operate with people, I remember there was a time I used to shake people's hands all the time. And then I was like, you know what? I'm really done with the shaking hands. Let's see what happens if I just stop shaking people's hands and start hugging them. And then let me see what happens if I hug them and then hum or sing a song in their ear. Or perhaps I hug them and I moan or I ohm. You know, so when I give them a hug, I'm like, oh, or what if I do that when I hug them? What if I hug them and I sway them from right to left or I hug them and I hold them so tight beyond more than three three minutes or perhaps I hug them and then look into their eyes or I hug them and I touch and rub their back and their arms and, 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 and acknowledge them by caressing them. What if I caress them and give them a hug? What kind of experience will I have then? What if I choose to hug them and kiss them on the cheek or kiss them on their forehead or kiss them on, 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 on all over their face? What would happen then? Now, I'm not saying go around hugging people and kissing them on their face, but hey, you know what? It, it might not be uh, um, a difficult thing for you to experience, you know, because it will open up new ways of perception. And that goes for every level of my being. That goes for how I deal with people, the things I say to people, my spontaneous reactions in front of people, all of these things, listening to people 
people, asking them questions, you know, like, what's it like being in your culture? What do you love the most about your culture? You know, what is it like growing up as you? What kind of things inspired you? What delighted you? What made you scared? How did you overcome it? How did you lift yourself to new levels? You know, we got to get into conversations that are focusing on the understanding of another person versus just focusing on ourselves. Because we don't really need to go into conversations focusing on ourselves. because the reason why is it's better to go into a conversation with the understanding that you want to learn as much as you can from the other person. Because through the act of wanting to learn from another person, you're actually learning about yourself. And it's, it's a, you don't have to go like, oh yeah, and I do this, 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 because you don't know how to ask them what they do. Start asking other people what they do and what they feel and how they look at life and what their perception is of life. And what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And don't get mad at them if they have a different belief than yours. Just simply go, hmm, or oh, or I never knew that, or that helps me a great deal in understanding ways to think. You know, really bless them for the information and storytelling that they have, and so that you can learn from those stories as well, and you can gain information from those stories, little bits and pieces. One time, I was walking down the street. And I saw this man, this old man, um, sitting on a bench. And he was just sitting there, you know, doing his own thing. And something told me, you know what, why don't I go sit down next to him? And then we started talking. And while I was talking, I was like, so what's it like? What are you sitting here for? He's like, you know, I sit here because I like to look at people. I like to watch people get off the bus and walk down the street and talk and share and get into that space. I go, wow. And one of the things that I thought was very interesting was the more and more I began to ask about him, the more and more he was telling me things like how he, you know, went to, you know, the war and what it was like for him and what he experienced and what it felt like for him and, you know, what it was like for him growing up in the Great Depression and all of these things. And what it was like for him, has this, you know, for his parents to take whatever money they had and hide it in the mattress, hide it behind the pictures. So they would just, you know, that's how they dealt with saving their money. So a lot of things he opened my mind up to that really shifted the way I looked at things, such as like spending money. I mean, I make money, I spend it. And I was like, well, let me start hiding money in my mattress and see how it feels. And there's times where I've hid money in my mattress and behind pictures inside cookie jars and, you know, in all kinds of different, various odd places in the house. And all of a sudden my friend will say like, did you know that there was money in this thing? Or, hey, did you see that I was moving in the mattress because I was lifting it up and I found all this money? And I'm like, yeah, I totally forgot about that money. I think the most important thing though is that you do remember where you put the money. Like you got to remember where you put the stash. There's nothing worse than, you know, being a pirate who's put your gold somewhere and then you can't remember what it is because you lost the map. But the thing was, through his conversation, I learned so much. I learned so much from his perspectives about him being in the war, his perspectives of the Great Depression, how he dealt with things, being in soup kitchens. All of these things really opened me up and helped me to see things within my own life, places in my own life where I was taking things for granted or places in my life where I didn't have a certain information about something. And it gave me a different way of looking at things. And that is why it's so important for us to be able to listen and learn from other people because that is the way we grow and that is how we open ourselves up to the things that we don't know, right? That is the way we grow. 
That is how we know to open ourselves, to lift ourselves, to shift ourselves to greater possibility. That is the way we grow. That is the way we know to open ourselves and to lift ourselves and to shift ourselves to greater possibility. That is the way we grow. That is the way we know to open ourselves and lift ourselves and shift ourselves to greater possibility. Greater possibility. Greater possibility. Greater possibility. I see the way we grow and the way we know is to open ourselves, to lift and shift ourselves to greater possibility. And that doesn't come by being a know-it-all, and that doesn't come by bragging and talking about yourself all the time. That comes from listening to other stories. And hey, I've caught myself many times, including friends of mine, including my girlfriend, including family members, where I go into conversation and it's about me, 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 me. Literally, I'm singing the opera of me. But the thing is, what it does is it limits me from learning from other people's stories. Storytelling from other people and being able to learn about myself. So when I'm talking in the me, 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 I'm literally affecting the possibility for my growth because I already know the information that I have and all I'm doing is just talking about it to people. But when I really begin to go into learning about other people's stories, that is how I actually start evolving and making steps to learn more about life and all of its various, most intricate, most beautiful, most profound adventures that await me through someone else's story. Why do you think we like watching movies or watching television shows or reading books? Because we like stories. We want to see other people's lives played out, what it's like to be in that family or to be in that life as a lawyer, as a doctor, as a hitman, or as a, as a, a renegade spy. What is it like? And that's why we get so happy when we go to movies. What's it like being a superhero and, and watching these things? And that's how they get us into the theater. Is because they know that life is built on storytelling. And if you can tell stories about lives that are different from what other people experience, even if they like it or they don't like it, because there's always a critic and there's always someone who's there to make a comment. But the fact of the matter is, if a comment or critic is making a statement about something, about what they experienced and what they saw and what they heard and what they went through, it's because of the fact that they're comparing it to their own experience, which in fact doesn't do anything good for them to compare anything because there's no comparison. What you can do is take the little bits of information that you received from it and use it as building blocks and climbing stones to reach into higher levels of consciousness right? I mean, literally paving your stairway to heaven, right? Paving that stairway to heaven. It's so important because when we pave that stairway to heaven, we are using building blocks that literally allow us to build a stairway that goes directly to heaven. Now, heaven could be, while you're in the physical realm, higher thoughts, higher consciousness, higher emotional ways to feel and experience life, right? It literally could be not just a, 
a principle of building a stairway and going to heaven, but building a stairway and lightening yourself up by going up higher on that stairway so that you can look at life differently with new eyes and adjust in the way in which you perceive the nature of humankind. That means that you become a little bit more softer, a little bit more lighter, and a little bit less needing to point out the flaws and devaluate people because of those flaws. Because face it, if someone is going through pain or suffering or acting out of character, that's only because of the fact that they are operating from the stories that they've been told and the stories that they've been told and the stories that they've been told. And you're going to be mean to someone or beat up on them because they were told stories that are contrary to that, which makes them loving, supportive, nurturing, kind, and very sweet, um, generous beings. You see, the stories that they were told over and over again have shaped their reality of what is possible and how they should act in this world is according to what they've been exposed to through those stories. So it's so important when you begin to operate in that field, right, is understanding that if you're going to operate in the field of lack and limitation, it's only because you've been given stories of lack and limitation. Then that means you need to start connecting with people who have different stories to share with you that you can learn from. Look, if you're if a person, if you're a type of person who has been experiencing poverty consciousness or lack consciousness or not having enough money to pay the bills and scrounging every little dollar you have because you want to go take a workshop or you want to go buy something for yourself, but then you're broke again. You go to your bank account, you got less than $100 in the bank account, maybe even less than that, right? That means that the stories that you were told growing up or whatever time frame it has been, those stories that you were told are basically stories that have created the situation that you're in. Those stories are false. And when I call it a false story, meaning that the story is not lifting and shifting. Most tribal members and shamans, both women and men, are geared towards telling stories that open and delight and inspire awe understandings in a human being. All understandings in a human being basically means this, that you understand how to take those stories and move them into a place where you are able to see beyond the veil of illusion, beyond the maya, the constructs and energies that have affected us in our mental, emotional processes on earth. But you begin to see into a world where possibility exists, advancement exists, evolution exists, and uh, joy, abundance, and elation, and wealth, and good health health and happiness and freedom and love and playfulness and all of these beautiful elated energies exist and they exist right now in the room that you're in they exist all around you you just can't see them if you can't see them because you've been feeding yourself stories that have not been giving you the keys to open those doorways to consciousness to allow new realities to merge into your world right that is why it's important. So if you are having money problems, then you need to start inviting people around you who have lots of money and start asking questions. Tell them how their stories, have them, have them tell you about their inspiring stories to wealth and prosperity, how they became wealthy, how they, how they did it. Even if it may not be the way in which you'll do it, that's not the point of the storytelling. The point of the storytelling is to bring seeds of possibility into your being through every story. Those seeds will manifest the way they're supposed to in your life as according to who you are. So, you know, for instance, 
One time I was listening to someone speaking to me and telling me about, you know, money and how to keep the flow going and how to keep making things happen and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, some of the things that they did to create that money isn't things that I would get into. So a part of me said, well, why am I listening to this? This isn't going to help me. I don't live that lifestyle that they do. And I don't have those types of problems or obstacles showing up. And my spirit guide said to me, beloved child of light, it is not about you comparing yourself to them. It is about you taking in the story and seeds of possibility are being brought into you that you don't even see from the invisible planes. And they will take root and you will begin to see things different in the way you deal with prosperity, money, and abundance. So I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to their stories. And I did. And I started surrounding myself with Wall Street execs and um, media moguls and billionaires and millionaires and people who had a startup company and became multimillionaires because of it. And I started becoming friends with these people. Started becoming friends with celebrities and people who are out there making tons of money, buying houses, buying cars, doing all these things and getting in their energy and listening to their stories of how they got to that space in their life. Not that I plan on doing any Hollywood blockbuster movies or I plan on you know killing it in the stock market or I plan on going and starting up a startup company and, and making it a multi-million dollar company. Who's to say? But that's not what I'm taking from the story. What I'm doing is just letting them tell the story and it plants seeds inside of me. And all of a sudden, I start noticing that flow of abundance and flow of prosperity is kind of happening all the time and it doesn't stop. Now, did I have to beat the pavement? Did I have to go walk on fire? Did I have to do some kind of weird ceremony or some kind of money spell or anything of that nature? Well, no. And if I did a money spell, the money spell would only be there for me to listen to stories that inspire me and delight me to recognize the possibility of prosperity and abundance, right? For me to open up the part of myself that has had old stories told to me about lack and limitation and pretty much surrender them into the light. And that's kind of basically what a money spell or money oil or anything that people are doing, burning money candles or any of these things. And what they're basically doing is just breaking down your your stubbornness and your need to be right about your story that you've been told without recognizing that there are many books in the library. Let's get to reading some of those other books in the library that inspire, delight us, and bring awe into our life and be able to lift and shift ourselves to higher levels of thinking. Not just like we're going to just go through our life continuing with the same stories that we were told. That's boring. And not only is it boring, it also takes away from the process of your evolution for making quantum leaps. Quantum leaps and evolution can only happen when the story is so different from what you ever thought was possible. That becomes what I call a golden seed. Ooh, can you hear the crowd roar? Ah, everyone's roaring in the stadiums. Well, if you don't hear them, pretend that you hear them. It's the same thing. So anyway, so basically the golden seed. Now, what is the golden seed? The golden seed means that you are listening to a story about something that makes you uncomfortable to your normal beliefs. Literally. Yeah. Listening to a story that makes you uncomfortable to your beliefs, your ideas of your right, right? This was what creates the golden seed. The golden seed is a seed that not only shows you possibility, it shows you 
a new world. Not just doorways, but a whole new world. Like, for instance, when you come here to the Tribal Circle meetings where we share with different people or you do Meditation Wednesdays on Ancient Wisdom Today, you are getting seeds planted in you. And some of those seeds are golden seeds. And I get letters from people from all over the world telling me how their money issues have stopped and that they found love and they're getting married or how their business has taken off. And before it wasn't. Was it because I went over there and fixed it for them? No. Was it because that they um, had some kind of miracle happen and that's the way it happens? No. The miracle can only happen when the story has changed or that you've been, you've been invited to look at different types of stories that are planting different types of seeds. And when you have so many seeds of possibility, miracles happen, right? And same thing, when you come here to Ancient Wisdom and listen to the shares, there are people who come here who've written me who said, I've never thought that was even possible. That's because they took in a golden seed. And some people will call me and say, it made me so uncomfortable listening to your meditation. I had to turn it off. That's because they're getting a golden seed. Sometimes golden seeds that are being given to you don't always feel comfortable because it's literally like being in a foreign land and learning a language you've never spoke before and eating foods you never ate before and learning the cultures and customs of these people that you've never ever experience that are so completely different from what you know, that is when you're getting a golden seed and it literally will change your life. Your life, your vita, your life, your energy, your pranayama, it will change your life. People don't even realize. That's why I'm always telling people to ignite and invite or invite and ignite, right? Is because when you share the tribal sharings with people, you are not just giving them something to listen to. You are literally handing them a whole bag of amazing seeds of possibility. And within that bag are some golden seeds that will take and change the sky for them, the sun for them. It will change the way they see people's faces. The world around them will change in such a big way. And what you saw in one thing will be completely different from what you see in another. And you begin to grow from those experiences and take quantum leaps. You need a certain amount of golden seeds to make quantum leaps. Even one golden seed is enough to make a quantum leap. But what is a quantum leap? A quantum leap means that you you see all the possibilities of 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 possibilities, and that you can choose at any given time which possibility of the possibilities 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 of what is possible for you to go into with creating a new world. It literally is giving you like a, a new screensaver or a new backdrop or a new stage in which to present yourself from or just a new world, a whole new world. Yeah, like that, right? 
Like you get to be Aladdin and Jasmine flying on a carpet into a whole new world, right? And mostly Jasmine because she was in the palace and she's all caught up and listening to everything that her father is saying and, you know, all the rules and all this stuff. I know very clearly that because I have a girlfriend who, who lives in that, comes from that world. And then she comes into my house with my family and they're like laughing and my abuelita, she's making, you know, quesadillas and everyone is just dancing and being free and, and, and being wild and my sister and my nephew and my nieces and my my you know my cousins and everybody's just having a good time and she walks into that very different from what she's used to and it's completely a golden seed all of a sudden weeks later months later she's opening up new ideas for business she's creating new thinking processes she's laughing spontaneously without being concerned that anyone around her at any given time is uncomfortable with her or that she's uncomfortable with herself for being comfortable with herself because other people are uncomfortable with themselves that she muffles or stifles or holds back any part of her being but instead just allows a big hearty laugh to come out and doesn't care anymore and through that they go That's what a princess is supposed to be. Why is she doing that? How come she's acting like that? She's not doing certain things that she's supposed to do. Well, how do you expect anyone in any situation, including the monarchy, to grow and evolve with the people if you're completely holding them to the old standards of times of like Queen Elizabeth and the Dark Ages? I don't think that's something we need or should ever need, right? Is to hold these old systems in place that have nothing but pain and suffering and storytelling attached to them. And so this is how people open up, right? And the same for me. There was a time in my life where I was so completely ignorant of what Israel was and where Israel was about. But I was sitting at a dinner table in Italy at my friend Donatella's um, dinner. And, um, you know, beautiful, beautiful people. Um, and literally, my friend Donatella Borghese was, you know, had this beautiful night set up and everyone's eating and enjoying themselves. It was so wonderful. And she's such a lovely person. And there was this guy sitting on the table and he was started eating with his hands and he was like not really following the etiquettes of the Italian um, high society culture. And I looked across the table and I said to him, um, you know, where are you from? You're obviously not from Italy and you're obviously um, not from here. Where are you from? He goes, I'm from Italy. Israel. And I go, oh, okay. So that's interesting. So is it normal in Israel for you guys to eat with your hands and, you know, this kind of stuff and kind of just slop up your food like that? And you do realize that you're at my friend Donatella Borghese's dinner. And he goes, I don't care who I'm dinnering with. I'm going to be who I am. I go, oh, oh, okay. okay." You know, and it was really funny. And And I go, so tell me in Israel, do you guys ride camels? Do you have horses? How do you transport yourself? And he looked at me across the table and I'll never forget. His name was Moti. And he looked at me and he said, you're so ignorant. Now that could be known as an insult or it could have been seen as a blessing. And in my sense, I took it as a blessing by actually being aware of its truth. And I simply said, you're absolutely right. I am ignorant. And he goes, so you think we move around in camels and horses? I mean, are you kidding me? Like, have you never been to Israel? I'm like, no, I haven't been to Israel. He goes, okay, well, you know what? 
I have to say, I like you. And I go, why is that? He goes, because being an American, I would suspect you to be defensive with the way, the fact that I called you ignorant and things I'm saying to you. And the fact of the matter is you're not, you're actually acclaiming it and acknowledging it, which shows me that you have humbleness and humility and that you don't need to be completely right, which makes me want to invite you to Israel. So would you be my guest and come to Tel Aviv? And I will take you, take care of you and show you around, introduce you to some very amazing people that I think will change your life. Now, the funny thing about it is I took the trip to Israel and I'll never forget sitting on that airplane and having this religious Jewish man holding his book and wrapping his hand up and, and laying, leaning on my chair on, at the, on the airplane, praying and holding the Torah and saying these prayers out loud. And I thought to myself, you know, I past I could have found this very uncomfortable and asked him to get off leaning on my chair while I'm trying to rest myself by my, my journey to Israel from Italy. But you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and just let him do it and just observe him and see him in the likeness of who he is and what he's doing and observing his culture and his in the way he is. And what I learned about when I got to Tel Aviv, which changed my life forever, was to really begin to go into those places where I do have judgments and where I am holding restrictions on the ideas that I'm experiencing and seeing because I don't know what it is because I've never been exposed to it. And to me, it looks scary because I don't know what it is. And when someone doesn't know what something is, oh yeah, they become judgmental and they get scared. Because remember, remember I told you many times, tribe, judgment means you're blind in African culture, which should be all cultures. Judgment means you're blind. It means you're not willing to see because you're scared. And fear means that you don't have enough information to understand what you're experiencing. And so you generate fear. The idea of fear comes from the idea of not knowing or not having this is what creates and generates fear. So when we're operating in the field of consciousness where we're saying, okay, I am ignorant. I have no idea what that's like. And I'm sitting here judging it and making it wrong and saying this and saying that, but I have no idea. Like for instance, I'll give you an example. I had, um, and I got to share this with you because it's quite amazing, really. I had a situation where a person wrote me on my uh, YouTube for Shaman Durek wrote me and basically I'm going to read it to you so you can kind of get an idea of the situation. And I have to say it was quite remarkable and that's why I'm sharing it with you. So uh, let's take a look. Okay. So I was written on a YouTube for my Ancient Wisdom Today meditations. Someone wrote, repent and turn to Jesus. You are leading simple-minded people to hell with you. It turned before it's too late for all of you. Okay, that's, you know, interesting. That's very interesting information, don't you think? And then I said, you don't decide who goes to hell. Are you, are you Lord Jesus? Wake up and stop, um, stop going against God's teachings. Thou shall not judge is law. Follow it. Love you. Okay, notice I dropped a little bass in her face, or whoever this person is, could be a him or her. Um, and then I said, I love you at the end, right? Because I do, I do love them. Um, and then I said, do you know how to speak God's signature into life? That means speaking God's signature, if you listen to the other shares, it basically means that you speak from a place of unconditional love into the life of everything because for the sake of, of love, creation, and God, right? However you want to interpret the creator. I said, you serve darkness, not the light. 
to proclaim hell and calling your brothers and sisters simple-minded means you truly do not know God's creation. If you're going to put someone down and say that they're simple-minded in that, you're putting down God too. You're putting God down because you're putting the person down and God created that person or source created that person or creation created that person. It doesn't matter how you choose to interpret it. That person was created by the source and that source is being put down in that moment. So that's why I said that. And then I said, Jesus proclaimed the kingdom and love, not hell and damnation. When Jesus was serving, if you believe in the story of Jesus or not, Jesus was walking around talking about the glory of the kingdom and love and healing and connectedness and brotherhood and sisterhood and how you have to become like a child and enter the kingdom of heaven. And all these wonderful parables, which again, were storytellings. And if you remember, Jesus was taking people on lawns and fields and talking to them by the ocean and different things. And what was Jesus talking about? Stories, telling stories, storytelling, telling people stories that enlighten them and shift them. And then people would say, I want to follow you because I want to hear more stories from you. Basically, they saw Jesus as a walking library of information that inspired, lifted, and shifted them. And for some reason, even if they didn't understand what he was saying, they felt good. And that's because the seeds he was planting in them were not just seeds, but they were golden seeds, powerful seeds that create powerful movements and shifts. So what I said is, Jesus proclaimed the kingdom in love and not hell and damnation. I said, who do you serve? Because if you're going to talk about people are going to hell and this thing and that bad thing, and if you do this, this horrible thing is going to happen, you got to ask yourself, are you really team light? Or are you really in the dark? So. That's something to be mindful of. And then I said, turn away from the misuse of your tongue and speak of the glory of God and lead us with love for namesake. Love you. Now, what am I saying to her? Turn away from the misuse of your tongue. If your tongue is only spitting poison and venom, turn away from it and, 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 and bring it to speak of the glory of creation, the glory of source, the glory of God, meaning the glory, meaning of what is possible, right? The seeds of of possibility, the golden seeds of quantum leaping and transformation. Speak about that. And lead us with love for namesake. What does that mean? That means as you lead someone with love, you're honoring the source and you're honoring yourself. And then I said again, love you. Now, this is what the person wrote back to me. Shaman Durek, just wanted you to know if I came off rude to you, I do apologize and I'm very sorry. Although I disagree with your teachings, I hope you will come to the knowledge of the truth in Jesus Christ. Thank you. And then I wrote back to them, thank you, God bless you. Also, you have never asked me about my love of Christ. I love Jesus with all my heart and that he died for all of us. Jesus is my role model to unconditionally love no matter what for namesake. However, being a shaman is not a religion or it's, or it's dark. It's a devotion to creation, to God, to source, to nature, and to life. Moses, or Moshe for some people, was a shaman of the Midian tribe. Why do people assume shamanism is evil without knowing its roots? I love you, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit speaking into your heart the true path of a Christian. God bless us all. And then they wrote, thank you, brother. So it started out with them telling me, you know, I'm, I'm sending people to hell and that people are simple-minded to the, me not 
coming at them with attack and insult, but staying in a place of truth and love and letting them know that they're better dreaming. I dreamed something better for that person by sharing it in my words. They read it and got a different story and realized in that moment that what they said was not coming from the highest light as a Christian. It doesn't matter if you're Christian, you're Muslim, you're Baha'i, you're Buddha, you're, you're in Tibetanism. It doesn't matter if you're a Wicca or a witch or however you want to call yourself these days. I mean, you can make up a name for yourself and create a whole new thing and build a whole new practice around it and all these new ideas around it. Whatever may, floats your boat and makes you happy, right? It doesn't matter. The most important thing is, are you living from the heart? Are you living from a place of unconditional love and acceptance through that which you observe? And if you're not, then you have to ask yourself, what kind of stories are you being fed from this religion or these ideas? Are they inspiring you to inspire others? Are they lifting and shifting you so you can lift and shift others? Are they teaching you about leadership and unconditional love and ways for you to stay in a place of grace while honoring the source of creation in all of your ways of through speaking and through, through sharing and through information that you are operating the highest level of source connection to human beings are your brothers and sisters on earth, right? So at the end, she says, thank you, brother. Or he says, I mean, she or he, I don't really know which one it is, but thank you, brother. Wow. I went from being this person who is evil to now being seen as your brother. Why? Because I was willing to tell a story of love, but also bring information and wisdom into the story from a place of love, not from a place of who do you think you are talking to me this way and blah, 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 blah. You're so evil. You're so this, you're so that. I'm not going to go into their dimension. Then I'm not really bringing any new stories to the table. And stories are what creates high level growth glory in our life because that's how we operate in a field of awareness that is different from our own. Pretty amazing, huh? I had to share that with you because I think things like that need to be shared because I feel like so many times people feel, you know, that, that, you know, they go through all kinds of things from people, you know, it could be family members, could be friends, it could be lovers and spouses, husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, or the person on the street that you never met or any of them, right? And as long as you stay in a place of love and also, you know, share with your truth, you know, however that person is going, if they're yelling or freaking out, or cursing or whatever, let them. They're not doing it to you. They're doing it to themselves because of the stories that they were told were stories that led them to plant seeds inside of them of torment and shame and guilt and anger and hate and disillusionment. And this is the reason why you see so much suffering happening on the planet on so many global levels is because of the fact that human beings are not dreaming um, a new dream. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. I have a dream. And when you ask yourself that question, you know, what did that mean? That means that he had a dream. What is your dream? What does your dream look like? Right? What does your dream look like? Because if you know what your dream looks like, um, then you know that you are able to reach into that dream if you can dream it. What you can dream comes to life, right? Because all the spirits pay attention to dreams. That's why we have all these amazing spirits in the spirit world that are there to take those beautiful dreams of yours and bring them into full manifestation, right? And so what we want to understand is when we, when we operate in a field of awareness that we are 
able to get into a space where we are willing to see beyond that which we know, then we are able to really make change on the planet because it's really powerful. So this is how we have to operate, right? So when we get into that space, we are operating in a different space and we then operate in a different space and different space because we're listening to stories that are giving us seeds of possibility and golden seeds of quantum leaping that are lifting and shifting us to higher levels. Um, it's so powerful and so amazing. And I think that the more we recognize that we can dream differently than what we see, stop reacting to the outer world and stop giving it power. And we start giving power to a new dream, to a new understanding. Um, and so this is how we get to that space. And, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get to that space. There's no reason why we need to hold on to any, to any uh, bitterness or anything of this nature. Because there's no reason for us to be that way, right? You know, one of my favorite things that Dr. Martin Luther King says, and I'm going to read it to you. I have a dream that four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama, with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day, right there in Alabama, little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with the little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, and the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope, this is our faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out the mountains of despair and the stones of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we'll be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up together, to for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with a new meaning, my country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring from the Prejesus hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening alleys of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the cavernous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from the stone mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from the lookout mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hell and molehill of Mississippi. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And when this happens, when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will Will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of old Negro spirituals. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last.
I know sometimes I can be a crybaby. But that last one, this last one right here, free at last, free at last, thank God almighty, free at last. (laughs) This is my dream for all of us, that we are free from the matrix. We are free from suffering and from the war. We're free from the hurt and crimes against children. We are free from women being degraded and abused by words and insult and by battery. We are free from men being pushed down and called weak for having emotions. We are free from people who choose to be with the same sex and love each other. We are free from the tyrannies and the lies of people and their comments and judgments of that which they're afraid of. We are free from governments that wish to pollute our food, destroy our lands, and destroy our education and hurt the future possibilities of our children. We're free at last from the suffering and the monotonous life of living from paycheck to paycheck and suffering and going through pain and hurt and suffering because the government and social systems are not really there to support you but take from you and give you a false idea of something changing that's possible if you believe in them, which is their only agenda is to make themselves more wealthy and more rich against the suffering of humanity. We're free from the pharmaceutical industries that pump poisons into people's bodies and continue to not really find the cures for things that they already know there's cures for because they don't want to because it doesn't support their profit gain. We're free from the lies of discord, of racism, sexism. We're free from all of these things. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. Free at last. I believe in Martin Luther King's dream. Every day I get up in the morning, I start my day, I kiss my girlfriend, I tell her which I love her, she loves me, my family, my friends, you, every tribal member. Even recently, being here in Turkey, I was at this restaurant called Limon, and a tribal member looked at me and came across the grass and gave me a hug and said, Shaman Durek, Shaman Durek, I'm a part of the tribe too. I did. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so wonderful. So wonderful, beautiful that we get to live like this in this glorious splendor of finding each other. So, yes. You have to dream, my loves, and you have to dream a really big dream for this planet if we're going to make it. And there's still time. You have to dream the waters back to heal. You have to dream your friends being happy and fulfilled and prosperous. You have to dream a dream of sisterhood and brotherhood, acceptance and tolerance for one another. You have to dream that our planet has no war and suffering and death and killing and trafficking and all the things that you see. All you have to do is dream. You don't even have to leave your house. You just have to dream a better dream. Your dream will connect with every other person's dream and become a mighty crescendo of light. And it will ring from every place and not just in America, but all over the world globally. All it takes is one dream that's so strong, stronger than all the pain and suffering and tyranny and destruction and chaos in the world. Just one dream. 
to change it all. I love you all so much. <laughs> like I said, I'm a big crybaby, but that hit me really strong, really strong, because I wasn't just thinking about my people. I was thinking about all people. I was thinking about the animals, dreams, that we stop slaughtering them, hunting them, making game of them. We start to understand their language and understand their ways and understand how we can co-adapt and live on a planet and be, live in balance the way we used to before we had computers and technologies and local um, motives and engines and steam engines and all the things that you see today and things that were coming from the industrial time when life was more simple and easy when we actually held conversations by candlelight and communicated to each other. We have the ability to be in that energy if we just choose that to be a part of our lives. Dream it into creation. Dream it into your life. I love you, darlings. Be a lit dreamer. Dream a dream of dreams for all of us. I love you. Please follow me at Shaman Derek on Instagram. You can leave a review on iTunes if you so feel to do so. You can also go to shamanderek.com, sign up on the newsletter so you can find out what workshops and things I'm doing if I'm coming to your town or where I'm going to be so you can get more lit and rise and realize your power. And please invite to Ignite bring people to the tribe so they can get lifted and shifted and get planted amazing seeds of possibility and golden seeds of quantum leaping i love you so much oh god i love you and until next time see you later alligator